very hot off the rip. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a man that has been carrying the torch, as it were, in the House Party Protocol Discord, in this wonderful community for the much maligned inhumans, and that is our very own in hipster himself. Brian, Freddie, what's happening, my guy? Oh, not a whole lot, man. How are you doing? You know, it is just another day in the neighborhood. We were short-staffed at work today. I just cracked open a fresh brewski, so, you know, life's good. <laughs> awesome. I had a very long day at work myself. I'm very ecstatic to be here and home and away from all that mess, so you and me both. I feel you. I feel you. Well, Brian, Freddie... And I'm going to call you Brian Freddy every single time, even though I know and it's... that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you know, this is the internet. This is how we do things. Anyways, tell the other suits out there a little bit about yourself. Hey, so I am Brian Freddy, as Will just said. Um, I live in Virginia on the East Coast. Um, got into MCP actually about a year ago now. is about halfway through May. Um, two of my close friends, Jason Nathan, kind of sucked me into this whole hobbying tabletop world stuff. Um, Marvel has always been like a really close love of mine. Um, so the two just kind of met in the middle and I've kind of just fallen in love with it ever since. Um, and the Inhumans were like the very first team that I ever fell in love with. And I think it's a crime for anybody to think otherwise. Uh, what what to to think that you shouldn't have fallen in love with them or to think that they're the epitome of just okay they think they think wrong for <laughs> thinking that they are the epitome of just okay look i i mean look at black bolt i mean he's literally the inhuman king he is, he is the king blackagar boltagon and no one how i always refer to him yes has a better name in the mcu in, in marvel universe period i mean it's I mean, I, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to, uh, you know who has a better name than Black Agar Boltagon? Who would that be? Medusa Lithamaquelin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you think about it, right? Like he is, he leads an entire nation, an entire race of people without ever saying a word. I mean, how, how cool is that? I mean, if you really think about it. You know, if you think about it, it might make your head explode. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> That's how I actually discovered that character, and believe it or not, was through that movie. And I just kind of fell in love with that whole section of characters ever since then. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's it's wild when we think about this game and this community that, that is around this game and how, you know, people like me can sit here and say, oh, yeah, you know, this thing is that, that thing is this and all this stuff. But ultimately, it just really comes down to time on the tabletop and 
I know in talking to you and stuff, I mean, you don't exclusively play in humans, but you've had enough table time with them where you can see the synergies that they can present to a team and to a crisis squad to help you win games. And I think that that's really what it's all about is just finding something that you love, whether it's a character you love or a synergy that you love or something like that. And being able to put that on the tabletop, experience it, get used to it, and just have fun with it. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like a very firm believer in the aspect that like every character, yet even the bad ones, even like an Electra, right? Like I didn't say that, you know, but like I think everybody in this game has a viability, the big boys, the small boys, all of them. Um, and like you said, like all of these different teams are so well-crafted by AMG to be able to synergize together, splashing in, splashing out. Like, yeah, absolutely. I oh, love yeah. love this team, and I definitely play around with a whole lot of different stuff. It's a pretty fun time. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's cool. I've actually popped in and watched a few of your matches, and it's it's always like some 4D chess stuff going on, and I'm just like, okay, what's happening here? <laughs> it, it legitimately is a 4D chess match with the Inhumans because like there's no real plan you just kind of go in and you're like <laughs> maybe i can share maybe i don't we'll see what happens yeah see and right? it's funny because i think for the outside looking in we have this idea of like oh yeah in humans you know it's like that oprah meme of you get a power you get a power everybody here gets a power you know and it's so like it's so fun right because you can like splash in characters that start with two power like beta ray bill who dies instantly with me i don't understand why but you get people like Beta Ray Bill or Doctor Strange Sources Supreme is super duper mm. fun in this team or Ulick mm. or whoever. Um, and you can share that power around to people who may need it because you only need it, you know, one power to do X thing from the get go. Or you pass that power to that person that has the extra power because they need that extra one to do that ferocity or rock and troll or what, you know, fit in X tactics card or whatever the case is it's just a lot of fun it's like a big sandbox and a big puzzle you know oh yeah oh yeah believe me i know and it was one of those things where i tried it once and i was just like nah <laughs> no <Nah. laughs> but i mean come on it all just goes back to black bolt he watches over us in this discord too it's right he does he focuses his power right on this discord this is true and Absolutely. Look, that that is a, a deep cut Discord reference, which if you're interested in checking it out, you know, come on over. The the party's happening in the House Party Protocol Discord. It's weird to say party in the party Discord, but it's really, it's the it's true story. Oh, 100%. It's the easiest dollar you'll ever spend. You'll never notice it gone, and you get to be a part of a super incredibly awesome community. I'm go. always laughing at this, at this group. It's unreal. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad that that really comes through and comes out. But, you know, Brian, Freddie, I will talk more about the Discord stuff later. Today, we got blessed with a being made of pure sound revealed to us today. And I don't know about you. Okay, so here's how, I, here's how I'm seeing this show going. We can either talk about Claw first, or we can talk about this beautiful dream that is the Inhumans for a few minutes more. And I'm going to leave that decision up to you, so choose wisely. Fun, fun fact. Um, I love the Inhumans, and they are super-duper fun and super great. But I think that the listeners really want to know about this claw model today, or at least right now. 
Maybe we can talk about them at the end. You think so? I think we can maybe find some time in between some show questions, maybe sprinkle in a couple of little facts, you know, about like, you know, where's Gorgon? Oh, dude, don't even get me started. You don't even understand. Like, I want him so bad in this game. It's not even funny. My kingdom for a Karnak? Uh, again, <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> please, please, I'm, AMG. I'm clearly trying to get you started here. <laughs> <laughs> so... First things first, we've got Ulysses Claw here, and we've got to look at the model. I've talked about this model a couple of times already, but we got to look at it again because it's just that dope. It really, it honestly is. Like, I didn't know much about Claw before he, like, was actually announced. Like, my only exposure to him was through, like, the Black Panther movie. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a very different version, but, I mean, this model is sick. I, I mean, it really is, and... I've said it before. I think I said this on the Facebook post when I first showed like a really good picture of this model and everything. It's not going to be for everyone. Not not everyone's going to like a model like this. Somebody, you know, if you want like a regular model that you just put down on the thing and you you know it's just a regular dude holding his little little radar dish sound wave gun thing out. That's not this model. But dude, this model is so effing cool i mean tell me about it i think the one thing that really gets me going about it is like the glow on the inside yeah. like i mean it just literally encapsulate actual energy and sound and i think that they absolutely knock that part of it out of the park absolutely i, I think that the the studio paint job does everything amazing for this and it's doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> But it's one of those things, though, that it just it looks so cool. And I really wish we had the 3D turnaround because I feel like there's little bits of this model that we're not even seeing that are so cool. Like, where's his leg coming out of the chest? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing because, like, I'm just now getting a chance to, like, you know, really actually look at the studio picture of it. Like, where where his is his leg? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand either. But it's amazing. I just, I don't know. It's It looks so cool. And this is one of those things where it's like, I I don't paint much. I'm a gray lord. Uh, I have said this many, many times. This is big fact. It's, it's true, guys. It's very true. Look, there's so much gray on the table when I play. However, But it's so disappointing because when you do post a picture of a painted model, it really does show. Like, you do well. Well, I appreciate Like, your ancient that. one, I'm very jealous of. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I uh, I like to paint. It's just... You know, I just don't devote the time to it like I should. You know, those uh, enemies aren't going to kill themselves in Darkest Dungeon 2, okay? <laughs> Good point. There you go. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, anyways, this is a model that when I see this particular model, it, like, makes me want to paint. And, look, I am not going to be anywhere close to painting it like this, obviously. But, like, look, it's just a lot of red. And, yeah. you know, just just hose it down with red with your airbrush, and then there you go. You're like 90% there. And now hear me out. You could go the lazy route, right? The one that's like kind of fading out. That whole thing could be blue. Ooh. You could be phasing out of a energy body. I like it. I like it. Now, I've got another question about this model because like, all right, look at his left hand, not radar dish hand, his left hand, right? So yeah. he's got three left hands in this picture. And like, I, I just, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, why are there three? <laughs> just, 
<laughs> I love it. It I looks so cool. I don't think I realized that, but now that you say it, yeah. Yeah, he's it's, it's got three left hands. It's okay. It's cool. It's, I love it's it. awesome. It's awesome. It. Also worth noting, this appears to be a 35 millimeter base, which is going to have some pretty big context for how we go through talking about this character. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so it's not confirmed that that's his base size, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the 35s. It definitely looks like it from this angle. Yeah. I know they're trying to hide it with the grass, but they're not fooling anybody. Oh, well, even on the Asmodee site, you can get a clear picture. Oh, yeah. Very clear picture. So, yeah, I, I agree. Not fooling anybody. Anyways, we have Claw with an alter ego of Ulysses Claw. He has a basic stat line, I still don't know what to say for this, of three physical defense, a five energy defense, I mean, being made of sound, just makes sense, a three mystic defense. He has a stamina value of seven. He has threat value five. He has size two, and he moves medium. So, a couple things stand out to me with this basic stat line. What about for you, Brian Freddy? Uh, it's definitely that seven health, um, big time. I mean, seven health with a five energy defense. There's a lot of energy defense out there right now, especially in this big boy battle cruiser meta that we are all talking about at the moment. And there's something a little later on in his card, too, that will definitely feed into that seven health pool. And that's going to make him even tankier. Yeah, seven and seven. I mean, that's Ulic level of health, which is another five threat. I feel like that's a fair comparison. But yeah, that's that's a lot of health. And when you look at other five threat characters and you see ones like Cable, for instance, and his health value, you know, he's six and seven. So he's already a little lower. Angela is six and seven, already a little lower. You know, someone like updated Ghost Rider, he got the love of eight and seven, but he wasn't always that way. And I think it's cool to see a character like a claw that has this kind of thick stamina situation, this like, it's going to be hard to one-shot it, but you did really bring up an interesting topic about the quote-unquote big boy meta, you know, the battle cruisers, as it were, and how having that seven stamina, I mean, are we living in a world where, like, that's the new six stamina? Because I don't know, you said you've only been playing this game for, like, a year. Back in the day, seeing a three threat with six stamina was a big deal. Oh, I'm sure. I mean... The average three threat typically does have five stamina. And like you can one shot a five health character pretty easily on a five dice builder. Crits, explosions, all of that, pierces, etc. But as soon as you add in that sixth, I feel like I have so many characters that end up with only one health left. So the fact that this guy's got seven is like pretty, pretty big. It's huge. And I mean, if you want a comparison to a model that's pretty popular right now, I mean, even Red Skull Master of Hydra only has a seven and a six when he flips over. So to see a character like a claw with this seven stamina, I mean, I, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on it, but I do think that it really matters. And especially when you layer in the fact that 
the lowest defense value that is represented in the game is energy defense. So for him to have a five energy defense with that seven stamina, I mean, Black Bolt's looking across the table at that and he's not feeling too good. Yeah, makes me makes an inhumans guy like myself pretty sad. And I don't yeah. think I don't think that there's an energy defense above four up to this point, is there? Um I would have to look. Maybe I think you might be right. I want to say I want to say four has been the top. Like yeah. I've seen a five physical and a five mystic, but I don't think we've seen a five energy. Yeah, I th- I think you might be right on this, and uh, it's one of those things where I'd, ha- I'd have to go through and look through every character, which I do not have time to do. Of course not. But it, it just stands out because, like you said, we've seen five mystic, we've seen five physical. But this five energy just really represents something that I think is really unique about this character. And it is something that I think we're going to be able to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, and it always circles back to the thematics of things, right? Like, Claw is literally made out of energy. So I just love that they are able to encapsulate it in that way. Especially once we get down to his immunities. I think that also plays a big part in that. Absolutely. So, speaking of things that other models will not be immune to, would you like to go over his attacks? Sure. It is a energy attack. Uh, it is a range three, six dice builder attack. Um, after this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. If you roll a wild, you will get what is known as suppressive. Before damage is dealt, for each wild in the attack roll, the target character loses one power. Um, And if you roll a crit and a wild, you will get stun. Before damage is dealt, the target character suffers the stun special condition. And keep in mind, folks, if you get the wild and the crit, you will get both the suppressive and the stun. Those do stack. You just need one. Exactly. Um, Dude, I don't know about you, but I love this attack. I think this is like just, it's a sweet spot for builders, in my humble opinion, on a five threat character, six dice, and then range three. I I love it. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. The fact that it's above the curve in that sense of normally we see builders with five dice, sometimes with four depending on threat value, but... Six on an energy is it's it's really good. More more like ability to hit that wild just makes it that much sweeter. Yeah, and uh, in terms of the math, so if you want to think about something like if you've been playing this game for a long time, but maybe you've kind of maybe took a break, you're coming back, or if you're just now getting into it, you can think of how often am I going to hit this wild trigger? Just specifically the wild trigger. It's roughly sixty percent of the time ish, give or take on six dice. And the reason why I know that is because of playing Thor a lot originally, and he has the wild throw trigger on his builder. And yeah, about 60% of the time. And let me tell you, especially with Thor, I can't speak for Claw here, but with Thor specifically, when you really need that throw trigger, you will not roll it. Yeah, every single time. It's just like Pyro. You need one person to be incinerated. It ain't happening, Chief. Nope, definitely not happening. But... I think this is a really cool and interesting thing here, and obviously energy attack, of course, but having two conditions, and then the crit wild, and I really don't want to gloss over this fact, 
that both of these effects are before damage is dealt. Oh, yes, 100%. I, I love the the creative direction that AMG is going with the before damage is dealt, especially with stun. It makes it that much more debilitating, and I do appreciate that they made it harder to get on this one specifically because of how many dice you're rolling. Absolutely. And when you think about before effects so stun special condition if this is your first time listening to a marvel crisis protocol podcast maybe you're just new to the game what is stun it is you get assigned that condition and when you would take damage from an enemy effect or gain power from an effect so anytime that you would gain power and you would gain more than one power from a specified effect you only gain one power most of the time that's related to taking damage so like let's say that Crystal is taking a shot at Claw, but Claw is stunned. Well, he's only going to gain one power no matter how much damage is dealt there because of the stun special condition. Other characters that get affected by this are characters like a Beta Ray Bill. You mentioned him earlier. If Beta Ray Bill is stunned, his blessed by the All-Father power phase extra power generation, he's only going to gain one power instead of his standard two. Oh, interesting. I I think that how is all, always how I've played that. Um, I guess in my mind, it's always been like a separate instance, but I, I guess you're right. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's because the way you think about it, it's whenever there is a single instance of power gain. So if you want to relate it to Beta Ray Bill, that's actually a really good character to look at here because Blessed by the All-Father is a power phase, power generation thing. And any of the Asgardians that have the Asgard trait, so Angela as an example, Asgardian gains one additional power. It's the same instance that would give you power during the power phase. Therefore, stun limits any single instance to only one power. It's good. It's, <laughs> it's excellent. It's not good for you, yeah, but no, it's you, definitely good for the one who dished it out. <laughs> this is so true. So... The thing that's important here is that the crit and the wild stunning you before damage is dealt means you can potentially limit your opponent's power generation turn one where they're not able to start the train rolling and and like, okay, Beta Ray Bill moved up. Does Beta Ray Bill want to spend his power to reduce damage or not and save the power because he's going to be stunned? It creates a lot of questions, and it makes decisions very, very difficult. You could also spend an action to shake the thing, but that's also giving up on your action economy. So it's like, what what do you go with? You got to look at the board. You got to look at... There's so many different factors, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then one of the other interesting things about this is that suppressive, it's a very simple effect. Target loses one power. But a character like Dr. Voodoo, who gets a power when he rolls a skull, well, he is now going to lose a power before the damage is dealt. So, like, you know, he's still going to be okay on his power generation potentially, but it's just going to slow down that train to where now he might not be able to possess somebody like he really wanted to. 
Yes. And I do want to point out too that this, it's not like Dr. Voodoo's power sap. You don't gain the power that they lose, they just lose it. Exactly. I know that that can be commonly confused. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So, what's the next attack? The next attack is Sonic Shockwave. It is also an energy attack, and it is a Beam 5. Beam 5, Oof. 7 dice attack for 5 power. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, on a wild, you'll get a pierce. You'll change one of the defending characters, crit, wild, or shield results to a blink. After the range tool is placed for this attack, destroy all size 2 or smaller interactive terrain features. It overlaps. That sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it, Will? You know, it kind of does. Where have I heard this before? Blackagar Boltagon. Oh my gosh. Did Hang on a second. Did Claw just whisper in somebody's ear right here? Uh, he wishes. He wishes that he whispered in somebody's ear. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'm sure he does wish to, to do sweet nothings. So it's interesting that I like that they're pulling that bit from the whisper. But, um, uh, Brian, Brian, Freddy, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I think this one's better. Okay. I, this is a discussion that we can have. I need you to think about this for a second. No, I, I, there, I there what... are some, there are some caveats. There are some balancing <laughs> between the two. There uh, really is. I have Black Bolt's card pulled up right now. Um, his whisper is a beam four, nine dice for six power. Yep. So for one more power, you're gaining two more dice, but you're going down on the the thing, right? Mm -hmm. The the range. Um, you will automatically gain stun, and if you get a wild and they're not dead from the nine dice, you get staggered, and it destroys all terrain features. Mm. Seems pretty good. But it's not range five. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I got to admit, I really kind of wish that Black Bolt was a beam five as well. Yeah. But there, there's got to be a balancing act somewhere, right? Yes. Look, I'm, I'm being facetious. Whisper is still an incredible attack and everything. Like the, the two extra dice really makes it great. But we're not here to talk about Whisper. We're here to talk about Sonic Shockwave and... In, when you think about beam five, it's hard to visualize range five a lot of times if you're not playing characters like Bucky or Rocket that have access to that range. And when you think about a beam and how a beam works, so you lay the tool down, anyone underneath that tool is now a target. As, as long as you still have line of sight, you still have to have line of sight. So like one of the things you can't do with a beam is like you can't be on one side of a building that's say size three and lay the thing down and say, okay, cool, I'm going to hit um, Medusa who's on the other side of this building that's size three. You still have to have line of sight. So yes, that's absolutely. one balancing act there. But the range that you can cover with this, and like I always say, setting up sweet beams, I I'm the king of just giving my opponent opportunities to beam me. Oh yeah, it's scary. It really I is. I hate it. And I do I do have to agree with you in some sense. Like this attack can be a bit better than Whisper in the aspect that like you have access to it all the time. It's on his front and his back, right? It is mm -hmm. a beam 5, so it goes much farther. 
and it's one for one less power. Sure, you're not getting nine dice, but you are getting seven, which is still above the curve, and a pretty powerful energy attack into a lot of weak energy defensive tech in the world right now. Right, and let's not forget about the fact that there is a pierce here, so you're inherently fixing the dice in in a way of like, okay, your opponent is most average, I think, energy defense is two and a half, I think it's, it's kind of the average, so let's just say three, yeah. right? So your average is three, most people are going to roll one block, maybe two, and not counting for any defensive tech, but let's say one, maybe two blocks. So you're inherently, potentially, with that pierce, upping the damage potential of an attack like this. And it's, and look, I, I don't want to oversell this in that it's, it's not the end-all, be-all, but I can look at you right now and say, well, this is five power, for a seven dice beam five, I mean, that's going to reach out and touch somebody. And I know many characters, threat five and above, that wishes that they had something like this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he is made of sound and he's blowing out your eardrums. Yeah, I mean, it's a shocking thing, right? <laughs> 100%. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's and that's all he's got for attacks. And I can't speak for everyone out there, but... I like these two attacks. I think this is interesting. It's tight and focused, but also I think going to pay some dividends in the long run. Oh, absolutely. I think that they did a stellar job. I think it's very cool that they have a pierce on a, on a spender. I think that's really cool. Yes. And someone out there is going to say, well, it doesn't do anything else. And I'm going to say to that, it's a beam. <laughs> yeah. You know, and beam attacks do a lot. It is. And and look, like we've seen a beam five one other time. Who is it? Oh no. You're throwing me you're throwing me under the bus here. I don't know. Who it's is it? Cyclops. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. It's optic <laughs> oh, devastation. Oh, you're right. Yep. Optics devastation is beam five, seven dice for four power. The effect on it is terrible. But either way. It's actually the same effect on, it's called concussive force here, but it's the same effect as suppressive on the claws builder there, but it's on a spender. Either way, it, optic devastation pierce, right? is a scary attack when you have access to it, you know, when, you're, or when your opponent has access to it on the other side of the table. I personally have rolled like crap with it, but it is a scary attack. And for anyone out there that's, that's living the Cyclops life, You'll know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Uh, with that now, let's move on and talk about Claw's superpowers. So, Claw is a leader. Now, this is wild because we just got a leader for this affiliation. He's a criminal syndicate leader. What the heck? Yeah, I... I was shocked when this card was released this morning or afternoon, whatever it was. Like, we literally just got Modoc. I want to play Modoc on the table this week for the first time. I didn't even get a chance. And now we have another leader. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I mean, if you're a criminal syndicate player, you're just over there going, yes, yes. You're just an embarrassment well, of riches. <laughs> while all the other ones are crying, right? I, exactly, exactly. I mean, look, I, I said this when New Doc was revealed and I was mistaken because I couldn't remember at the time all of the ones that had more than two leaders but like this is legit 
the first affiliation with four leaders. I think it's really, really cool. <laughs> yes, it is cool. It's and awesome. We'll talk more about why that is once we get to talking about affiliation stuff and whatnot, but I do want to circle back to why Claw's really interesting as a leader for Criminal Syndicate. So his leadership ability, when an allied character is dazed or KO'd, after the effect is resolved, Claw may advance short. That's it. So allied character dazed or KO'd, just Claw gets to advance short. Not toward, not away, just Claw's moving. Yeah, at first glance, it's not great. But as you start to think about what the criminals really want to do, I think that they really like to play, obviously they really like to play into objectives, right? Like that's been yes. their whole theme this whole time. But I think that this one really plays mind games with your opponent. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and especially <laughs> as it relates to a superpower that we're going to talk about on this card. And I think that, like, you really hit the nail on the head here of, at first glance, what this looks like. And, and I've seen the discourse out there after this was first revealed. What a crappy leadership, all this stuff. Look, is it... Kingpin's network. No, no, it's not. Right? Is it Shadowlands Daredevil's rerolls? No, it's not. Is it even Modoc's ability to change dice? It's not. You know what I mean? Like that. The, all of those are are useful and have very purposeful, I think, uses. Right? Well, when we have Claw here, and when you think about how we went through his attack suite, right? He's a range three six dice builder. Trying to stun people sounds great, but he's got that beam five. So if he's sitting there with five power, that is a very scary proposition to say, okay, cool, well, I'm going to daze Bullseye here. Cool, well, here comes Claw, and now he's in the perfect position to beam three or four people. Oh, yeah. You know? And what's really interesting, too, is that it doesn't say, correct me if I'm wrong, it does not say that the days are KO'd has to be from an enemy effect. Oh, no, it does not. Oh, no, it does not. Yeah. There are so many things, so many things that yep. you can do to really get the extra movement and really force your opponent's hand in certain things. And we'll, we'll get to more of that with the superpowers that are to come. Exactly. Sure. So... Enough burying the lead here. I, I just want to, the last thing I want to say is, I think this leadership is interesting within the context of Criminal Syndicate. And, and that maybe, just maybe, there might be more here than meets the eye. So, Oh, absolutely. First superpower we have here is an active superpower. So that means it has to be used on your turn, on uh, not like on Claw's turn reconstitute form it's going to cost you two power this character removes up to two damage from itself this superpower can be used only once per turn so seven stamina just became a lot more so much more so much more and if you really think about like you have six dice on your builder 
that's really easy to make sure that you have two at almost at any time. Yes. And it also, I think, plays into if you're the claw player saying, okay, how long can I hold my activation knowing I'm going to be able to heal some? Yes. Which I, I really like that. And if you've played into Groot as an example of a character that's like, okay, cool, dump attacks into, oh, and by the way, I'm healing now. It, it makes feels me bad. so mad every single time. Every <laughs> single time. Every single time. So I like this. I mean, it's a simple thing, but you know, being able to remove damage is, is huge because very few characters can do that from themselves in this game. The next superpower we have is sound wave barrier this is a reactive superpower so on there's a trigger and we'll talk about what the trigger is and when that happens he can do the thing for three power when an enemy character ends its activation within range three of this character it may use this superpower so there's your trigger and that trigger is when an enemy character ends its activation and they are within range three of claw this character may push the enemy character away short. Holy crap. It's so good. Like, so good. If you really think about it, right, your leadership does really cool things with this, specifically. Yes. Say your opponent moves up. They use their first action. They move up onto a point. Then they use their second action to attack. They daze or KO one of your allies. You move short to be within range three. Their activation's over. So guess what? You spend three power, you push them off that point. They don't get the point they thought they were getting. Yep. I mean, it's, this, this is a huge superpower. This is insane, really. And that example you just talked about is why I think Claw's leadership will have circumstantial play. But literally, any time you see Claw on the board, whether he's under his leadership or another one, this has to be on your mind. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you really think about it, too, like... Mysterio is also affiliated under the criminal syndicate and his tricks and traps. Mm -hmm. You push that, you push that sucker right into his little bubble. You're just taking damage, baby. That's it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Trap house just got real good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a really interesting thing and an interesting design space. I mean, it makes sense for a character like this and kind of like thematic sense and all that stuff. But when you think about what this means and how compact Marvel Crisis Protocol has become in recent times. I think this is awesome. And Brian Freddy, I was almost said Brian. It's Brian Freddy. See, I got to get it right. Uh, there you go. This, this game is so heavily weighted towards movement a lot of the time that when you have to make someone spend action economy to either get a point or get back into the fight or something like that, it can tend to pay dividends. And like we talked about, again, bringing it back to his attacks, that Sonic Blast is going to reliably build him enough power, I think, to where having this active is going to be huge. And then 
layer into this, and I want to get your take on this. Now you're attacking Claw, and you're powering him up. And guess what? He's just still like, cool, get away from me. Yeah. I mean, something that I've found in my time with playing with the Criminal Syndicate is now there's going to be a lot of haters out there that are probably going to be yelling at me right now. Certain people can do certain throws. The way that I've played Criminal Syndicate, I found that they lack in displacement and they lack in control. They want to stand on their points. They want to have their points. They don't want to be moving to get where they're going. Mm -hmm. So if he is moving to get to where he needs to be with the leadership, then he's pushing people away from his points. He's It's my points, not yours, so go away. I yeah. think that that is absolutely great. And Sonic Shockwave, the beam attack, is great. But I personally, I think I'll be using my power way more with the Soundwave Barrier than really anything else on this card. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I am not going to to go out of my way to Sonic Shockwave two people. But you know no. what? I, if the opportunity presents itself, I am going to do a sweet beam. With that said, you're absolutely right. Soundwave Barrier is the thing. Like, this is this is the the thing on this character. And... When you think about the positioning and how things go in this game, and like you said, criminals want to stand on their points. Like, this is my point. Claw, in a vacuum, granted, you know, power is, is not an issue and, and this and that. In a vacuum, Claw can hold down a side of the board all on his own. Easy. Because like, of this no superpower. It's because of this superpower. And, and it also, like, makes your opponent ask a bunch of questions. Like, should I... Should I even try? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's so much power. Like, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's a very, very tricky web that he's forming for everybody right now. It really is. And when you think about the spacing of this game and how something like uh, Scoundrels, as an example, you don't even have to have Claw on a Scoundrel point. You can have him kind of... In between, like a visualize, like you've got the two corners and then the middle one, right? And I'm talking about like on a side. So like imagine you're standing across the table from your opponent. You're looking down at the table and you've got your left side and your right side, those four corners, and then you've got the middle one. So either of those corners, you can have claw. I'm, I'm thinking I've measured this right. You can have claw kind of centrally located between those three points and pretty much nobody's going to be able to come and take them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you really hit it on the head there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's scary good and I'm very excited to get this on the table and try it. Absolutely, absolutely. So all of this talk and he still has a 3 physical defense which still is the most common attack type in the game. So 7 stamina, thank goodness. And so far we haven't seen any defensive tech. Well, here we go. He has an innate ability. It is an innate ability. It's always on, no matter what. Absorb vibrations. When this character is targeted by an enemy physical or energy attack or makes a dodge roll, after the effect is resolved, it gains one power. Well, there you go. Mm. <laughs> He's just getting power. I did not notice that to be... Totally transparent. I'm very excited about that very yeah. much. That's yeah. very cool. 
It's just like ornery on Rhino. Yep. Only it's no matter what, baby. Like he doesn't it he doesn't need to be alive. He doesn't need to not daze to get that extra power. It's just always. That's awesome. Yeah, I will say it is a little different than ornery in that this does specify targeted by an enemy attack or yes. dodge roll, whereas ornery is just any time that dude takes damage. Right. Oh but, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. That makes sense. But yeah. still, like that's that's great. No, this is great because it's when he's targeted, after the effect is resolved, he gains the power. So again, seven stamina. He's he's got these like medium, really good, then medium defenses. So you can kind of try to play around that, right? Which I think is really cool. And now it's like, okay, if you don't one shot him, he will have enough power to soundway barrier you. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Very much so. And it, it I, what I love what they're doing with the game right now is they're they're making characters in a way where it's like you have to deal with them. Like yes. I feel like Claw is a character you like kind of need to deal with. You need to get him out of position. You need to get him away from the the th range three bubble. Mm hmm. Well, there's a little more to absorb vibrations here. Additionally, this character cannot be pushed or advanced by effects of energy attacks or enemy superpowers. So Well, that just got so much harder, didn't it? It really did. So that's another thing we have never seen before on a character. We've seen mystic attacks can't be pushed or advanced or superpowers, but never energy attacks. So Shuri is not displacing Claw. No more boops. Yep, no more boops. And... You know, someone like Black Panther can still come in and get him out of there. But I just, I find this whole little kit to be really interesting. But I said defensive tech, right? And I I don't, I, I kind of misspoke. Absorb vibrations is not defensive tech. However, it's disincentivizing opponents, I think, to go into him. Because again, if it's action number two, or even if it's action number one, you better hope the dice work out because if they don't, you're out of position. And I, I think that's really interesting. Absolutely. So the last thing on his card here is some immunities. And this is just thematically perfect. He is immune to bleed, incinerate, poison, and the big one, he's immune to shock. Yeah. I love dishing out shock. It is a fun condition to give out. That one's going to hurt. The first time uh yeah the fact that now you, you just can't shock him so his dice are his dice i love it yeah he's coming in swinging he mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. yeah no I, I i'm i'm really intrigued by this character and uh before we get too deep into character thoughts and all this like we've already we've been saying a lot as we've gone but i think we can kind of focus that down a little more but uh it's worth noting literally nothing changes on his injured side not a single thing. So he is what he is. Seven and seven, so 14 stamina. Same as original MODOK, just spread out a little differently. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. But all in all, I see a character here, Brian Freddy, that it's, it's really interesting. It, he's a bit of a glass cannon in, in kind of like when you think about physical attacks being so prevalent in the game. But he's also 
got some tankiness because of that stamina. I don't want to oversell the idea that he's tanky because he is not, I don't think. Like, seven stamina, it's just seven stamina. There's no re-rolls. There's no counting blanks. There's, there's nothing there that he can do other than stand there and take it when he's hit by physical attacks. But I don't think you play this character to be a, like, bruiser type. I think he's more a stick and mover and <laughs> a character that when you do plant him somewhere, that he's able to affect that part of the, of the board in a particular way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that he's tanky per se it just depends on the situation right but i think he's more durable if you're if you're picking up what i'm putting down with being able to heal off anything that you do manage to get through to him i mean yeah it's pretty good because he's always getting the power right yeah i mean there's not much mystic there is mystic but there's not a ton of it so he's always going to be getting that extra power he's going to be gaining power regardless unless he's stunned which is sucky you know, but yeah. for the most part, he's going to be able to take off any damage that you give to him. So he's yeah. he's more durable. That's yeah. the best word I can come up with for that. But no, I, I think that that is actually the perfect word to describe characters that have kind of high health pools, but not really any defensive tech. I think durable is a good way to put it, especially like you said, given the heals and everything. And when you look at absorb vibrations and how that's worded. So let's say he does get stunned. Let's say there's another claw across the board and they stun him before damage is dealt. He's going to get the one power from the attack because it's just one. Let's say they did 10 damage to him. He's getting the one power, which if he did 10 damage, he's dazed. Don't focus on the wrong part of the story, Brian Freddy. (laughs) (laughs) But absorb vibrations is worded as such. He will get one power from absorb vibrations. So like, let's say legitimately he's taking three damage, but he's stunned. So he's going to gain his one power and then he's going to gain the another one power from absorbed vibrations it's two separate instances of gaining power because it is after the effect is resolved exactly so i i think that's really cool and kind of like okay he's not immune to stun but he's got some ways around it but absolutely i want to take a second and think about like where we're going to use claw and i don't mean just affiliation wise because that'll be the next thing I talk about here but when I look at claw I see a tech piece yes 100% what do you think I mean by tech piece Brian Freddy he serves a specific purpose yes I'm not the best at finding synergies until I kind of you know come across them but you know like his whole thing is the sound wave barrier. He's mm-hmm. just a moving bubble. He's kind of like Loki in that way, right? Like he's just a moving bubble of root <laughs> essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like Loki's a tech piece in that way. Um yeah. but that's that's the best I've got for that. But No, it's okay. So what I mean by tech piece is you've got your roster of 10 characters and you're sitting there and you're like, "Okay, I, I've comfortably got eight characters that I really like." Oh, you know who else is affiliated here? Claw yeah, let's put Claw in. And you're like, okay, cool, I'm putting Claw in. And when you think about the situations where he's going to be very valuable, it's it's not going to be clumped up, you know, kind of 
gamma. Well, actually, he's probably be really good on something like gamma. But like these these clumpy like minimal like I don't think he's going to be great there because you'll have to balance the idea of well, do I leave him in the middle of you know absorbing attacks and potentially not being able to sound wave barrier or do I want him holding down a side? And that's where I think he's really going to shine is on something like a sword base or something like scoundrels like I mentioned or uh, anything where it's like just a slightly bit like spread just just enough to where <laughs> you're not going to just be standing there eating attacks because I, I feel like if if you misplace him or also when I say tech piece I, I want to clarify this as well into certain matchups you know where I think Claw is going to just live his best life brotherhood uh no I think he's going to live no? his best life going into Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians oh, yeah, 100%. will have Sorry. no fun. <laughs> no, you're good. I was thinking more, you know, not getting pushed or stuff thrown into him. But yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I think that the Guardians are going to have a hard time dealing with this character. You've got a leader who has nothing but energy attacks. You've got Rocket and Groot. Like Groot, okay, cool. But Groot's probably going to be having a bad day if he ends his activation within range three of Claw. Rocket's got his energy attacks. I, I just, I see Claw as like Criminal Syndicate's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, make very good points. That, and, and look, that's, that's just my very hot off the rip take. Um, but, you know, it's uh, just what I see. In, in this moment, I, I think you mentioned Brotherhood. What makes you feel interesting about Brotherhood there? Um, initially, it's because I know that you're scared of Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. Do you hate it? Do you feel like that he has some synergy with Brotherhood or like, well, let's just go ahead and do it. What what affiliations do you feel like? that Claw fits best in, not his home affiliation. We can talk about some synergies within that, but where would he splash for you? Mm. Like, my natural instinct wants to put him in Inhumans, just to, like, because he is a power battery, right? Like, he gets that extra power, he can dish it out to other people who may need it. You don't need your extra power? Give it to him, because he can use Soundwave Barrier. Um the reconstitute form you're living on you're living on one or two health right you're about to activate them and you're holding a valuable asset and like you can't drop it you need to heal so you pass him that power you, he heals up um that's that's something that's been kind of been on my mind today as i've been thinking about him um but where where do you think that he might fit in otherwise well i've been thinking about this a lot and because he's a five threat, that makes things kind of difficult in terms of splashing him about. Because, like I said earlier, we have this battle cruiser thing that we're seeing a lot of, right? And you get these six, seven threat models. It doesn't leave a lot of room for you to also add in a five threat model if you're playing more competitively. However, I do think that he does have some interesting synergies out there. And one for me, look, Guardians are going to be a spot that he would love to be in. 
because being able to re-roll and do all of that stuff, I think is super good. Giving him a defensive re-roll with the wing in it token also would do him a lot of good. In that vein, and I'm going back to the old days of House Party Protocol here, I think Web Warriors could be a really nice spot for him in that if you pull a bad crisis, right? So Web Warriors want to spread out, play fast, move around, keep their opponent from getting to them, more or less. So if you're able to have a character like Claw, if you have room for a Claw, and you're playing on a Gamma, on a Demons, something where it might be a little bit more clumped up, and you can say, okay, cool, well, I'm going to put Claw down here, and now he's going to help me control this middle zone, and especially on something like Demons, oh, guess what? He's immune to Incinerate now, and I can put him here. I can say, all right, you now have to worry about this range three bubble anytime you activate, and oh yeah, by the way, I also have Gwen over here who can yoink Claw to safety, but still not out of range three of you. Oh, that's so good. I love every single second of that. That's great. So, I mean, I I think that, that that's a spicy pick. And then giving him the defensive reroll, yes, it's only one die, but, you know, that can be the difference. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I kind of like that. And then, you know, other than that, I think that there's probably, like, something like Avengers. Oh, my God, Avengers. Yeah, that. I was literally about to say Avengers. You took it out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah, we, be so good. I yeah, mean, for real. Like, honestly, Steve over there is just salivating. <laughs> this will be yeah, sound wave barrier. Absolutely. You know, come on. And and that's the thing. Like, I think that that he's one of these characters that, like, if you're worried about certain affiliations, so, like, again, like, if you're worried about Guardians, I think... Claw is a consideration for you. You know, if you're worried about like Strucker Hydra, I think is one where he really could have some play for it. The the thing that I think is interesting here is like he's got like a weird counter to Shuri, but not to Black Panther. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I find that to be kind of interesting. So yeah, because I mean, think about it, right? He is like a direct villain of the Wakandans, right? Yes, he is. Exactly. No, he he first appearance in a Black Panther comic book. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I think that's really cool. It's just one of those things where it's like I kind of wish that he had like can't be pushed at all, because then that'd be bonkers, but also super cool. But it's like it's interesting because. This is a character that I don't think we'd know what makes him tick just yet. And so... Yeah, and that's like the mystery, right? Like, I think that that's what's really intriguing me is that he's kind of like a puzzle that I want to put together. Yes, yes, absolutely. And another, like, spot that I think he'd be fine in, but I don't think you necessarily want to splash him here, would be an X-Men. Like, I don't think it'd be bad, but, like, Storm X-Men would probably Mm -hmm. be feel pretty good giving him that cover being able to hop and all around and we've been singing his praises brian freddie but i do want to point out one glaring weakness on this character go ahead he has other than if you're playing under his leadership zero way to move around the board other than a movement action yeah now that yeah absolutely tactics cards might change that but 
you want to play against Claw, controlling him, I think, will be huge. Yes. Um, that's going to be tricky. I mean, without being able to be pushed or advanced is going to be... It's going to be tough. I mean, you bring in Scalpel of Strange, that'll obviously get rid of him. Um, well, so let's let's think about it. It's pushed or advanced by enemy energy attacks or superpowers. So webline's not uh, going to do it, but right. a physical push can do it. So Sam Wilson shield throw. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like Sam mm-hmm. Wilson shield throw is range two. A throw is going to be able to displace him. Clea has a range three size two throw. That's good. Yeah. So Clea at range three can say, okay, go away, Claw. Now, why would you ever play Clea unless you just are a glutton for punishment? But I'm just saying. Like, I think that in terms of how you want to deal with Claw on the tabletop is, I mean, throws, honestly. Any any kind of character displacing throw, you're going to be in business. Yes, absolutely. So. Nothing feels worse than having your five thread displaced and have to move. Yeah, and and that's, I think, really what you're going to have to train your brain to do is say, okay, move, shoot with claw is an okay action. Yeah. Because it's more important, I think, when playing claw to get one six dice attack off and be in position to control objectives with Soundwave Barrier. Right, and it also kind of, again forms a bit of a question in like your opponent's mind of do I want to daze or KO anybody? Is it going to put Claw in a position to harm me in any way? Is he going to push me away? Is he going to be lined up for that beam that I don't want to be lined up for on his next activation? Like mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to be as attrition focused as say Shadowland Daredevil's Crim- criminal syndicate. Um but it's going to be more on the defensive side. I think that they will like their extracts and their secure play, and they just need to try and sit tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And so let's now, for the kind of the final thing, we're running just a little long, and I think that's okay. But I think Claw's kind of a, a deep character here that, again, it's that kind of initial reaction. Maybe it's not not what you think it is kind of thing. So within Criminal Syndicate, Claw and his leadership are a thing. There's four different leaderships. We've got New Doc, Kingpin, Shadowlands, Daredevil. And each of them kind of plays a different thing. And there's a tactics card that's been floating around for a while now called Versatile Strategy. So I'm going to read that tactics card for a second because I want to get your opinion, Brian Freddy, and let you tell me if that is something that might be time to pull out of the bag. Versatile Strategy is an unaffiliated active tactics card. An allied character with an active leadership ability may play this card. So the character that is your leader has to play the card. You may choose a non-active leadership ability of an allied character in your squad that corresponds to your squad affiliation. So Criminal Syndicate, in this case, the chosen leadership ability is now active instead of the current leadership ability. All effects 
of the original leadership ability expire. Is this something that you would want to play with Claw? I think it depends, right? Yeah. Like, but I will tell you this. Someone pointed out in the Discord earlier today that at 17, you can run all four leaders. Oh my gosh. And with versatile strategy, you can just play the ultimate mind game of what do you want to do to me? Yeah. Like what, what situation, what narrative are you trying to set up for yourself for me to fight back with you? Because obviously you're going to start with Kingpin unless you're on a pay to flip, right? Right. But at 17, how funny would that be? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm... I know I'm going to try it. I'm here for it. I am super here for it. I mean, look, I'm down to clown and that just sounds like the kind of clown I like to play with. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. But I think that a lot of it is going to end up depending on... I don't, I don't know if I would personally use versatile strategy into Claw. I think going into a game, you have a specific mind, like game plan in mind with Claw. I yeah. think if anything, you would be using versatile strategy to pivot away from it if your game plan is not going the way you would like into a Shadowland Daredevil. Yeah, see, and that's kind of where I would think too. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to start with Claw. We'll see what happens. Like, oh, cool. You brought Malekith to, to this fight. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to start with Claw, and when you daze Bullseye, who I run up the board to start the game, I get to move Claw short now, and you're, you know, maybe sad. I don't know. Maybe. But I think it's interesting that now Criminal Syndicate have a five-threat leader, and I also want to be very clear that I don't think that Claw's leadership specifically is one that you're even going to want to use half the time. Like, I think it is very specific, very, like, um, kind of like the Hulkbuster leadership was. You know, it's it's very mm -hmm. circumstantial, but I think trying to find a way, and again, we don't know what the tax cards are. Maybe there's a tax card in here that kind of changes this thought, but finding a way to say, okay, cool, I'm going to get maximum effort out of Claw, and and we're gonna we're gonna get him around the board and see what he does. But I, when I think about all three of these leaderships, I mean, Shadowlands Daredevil sounds like the guy for Claw. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You pivot into that because, like, they already think that they're ahead on points. Well, now you're holding all my points and you're sitting on all my points, so now I'm going to kill you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, I don't know, man. I, I read this character and I'm excited, right? Like, like this, this, this is exciting. New character, new stuff. And... I think that there's something interesting here and I just can't figure it out just yet. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be a character that we just have to get on the table yeah. and just try and just repetition it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And frankly, I think if I was going to play criminal syndicate tomorrow, I think he's a good addition to their roster. I think him being on that 35 millimeter base and not having any movement shenanigans other than his leadership is rough, but I don't think he needs it. And again, it's that, Training your brain to say move shoot is fine or shoot move is fine. Yeah. And I think that it's also viable, right? Like if you were to run him run him with Kingpin, you're counting as two. 
you run him in, you push off the two or three people that they thought they were safe. Now they're just gone. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that, I think he's got a lot of play in criminals. It's going to be really interesting to see what uh, shakes out. It is. It is. And, and yeah, I'm excited for it. And with that, I think we've kind of uh, run out of time, unfortunately, but I do want to say thank you so much, Brian Freddie, for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely enjoyed my time. Honestly, there was a couple times I had to catch myself that I actually had to interact back with you because I'm so used to just listening to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely was fun. I hope that we can work this out again sometime in the future. Yeah, heck yeah, man. This is a good time. So before we call it, though, Brian Freddie, I do want to get a couple of show questions because this is just something I need to get better at. And here we go. We got Cthulhu Taco says you're being forced to cut back your collection. You have to choose at least two affiliations to get rid of that you'll never be able to play again. What two affiliations do you cut? Dark Dimension, Hellfire Club, and Unaffiliate do not count. And he even gives an example. If you pick Black Order, you can never play a model that's affiliated Black Order. You go first. Okay. First answer would be Black Order. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I have no interest in those characters in general. That's fair. Um, and I think it like it tatters back and forth in my mind with Winterguard mm. and Wakanda. Mm. Now I, that's a spicy. Call pick. me crazy, but I know Black Panther's great. But I think I've played with them once. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I the only thing that makes me hesitate with winter guard is crimson dynamo is so great. Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? Like crimson dynamo is so good, but the rest of them are <laughs> and also red guardian, dude, like red guardians yeah. a chief. Like he's so good. I yeah, think he's solid. very underrated for me. And this is, this is a really hard one because to your point, so many good characters out there and, even the things I don't play much have good characters. Absolutely. But I'm with you on Black Order just because that's just not the game I play. I don't have a dislike towards Black Order or anything like that. Like, it's just, it's just, not, it's just not what I do. It's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, here's one that might surprise people, especially given how much, like, I like these characters and I want these things to be good. Oh no. Sentinels. Uh yeah. You know? Like didn't even think about the Sentinels. That's how prevalent they are, I think. Yeah, look, like I want Sentinels to be good. Like I I that is something I have put on the table more than one occasion. I like it. I, I you know what I mean? But like Yeah. We we've we've got four models, the Prime and Prime is great. Like I I love Sentinel Prime. Excellent. But I can live without Sentinel Prime. Yeah, that's that's a sad time to realize that. Yeah, yeah. And if I hadn't have thought of Sentinels, it was going to be Winter Guard. <laughs> now, Winter Guard's real fun. I don't know if you've ever played with them. I have. I think you should give them a shot a couple times. That's really, really cool. I like them. Yeah, I've put them on the table, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're solid in, in what they do and everything. And it's just like, 
you know, playing, having fun, a, you know, very casual game about it, about it. Yeah. I mean, good thing you'd only be losing three characters, though. Exactly. Because who's Darkstar? I mean, honestly, who is that? Who even is that character? So, yeah, I'm about that. And then the next question we have here is one from Sprinkles. It says, is follow me still worth bringing? As in over a brace or another restricted. I love follow me. I almost never leave it. But I do take a lot of throw damage. Just curious on your thoughts with this one. Yeah, for me personally, I think... So for the longest time, I never played with follow me. I've been finding a lot of uses with it recently in Inhumans because Mm -hmm. they like to be punching bagged a lot, so they (laughs) end up with a lot of power. And there have been a couple very clutch situations that have gotten me the win with follow me in recent games that I've played. I think that it's still got a lot of viability. Um, I think brace is just not a bag staple. Like, what are you doing if you don't have brace in your list? Um, maybe you're playing Black Order and you have your two gems, right? But yeah, like I think you never should leave without brace. Period. End of story. Facts. But if it's going, if follow me is going to be anything else, it'd be indomitable, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I like indomitable a lot too. So follow me is very much worth bringing. In the question, it, it depends. You know what I mean? Like, for yeah. instance. My buddy Andrew, we talked about his list on a show recently. He's bringing Follow Me and Patch Up, I think. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because he just wants to kill everything. And he's playing Malekith and Hulk and Red Skull and all this stuff. So, like, he doesn't care about throw damage in that he expects to murder the things that are going to be throwing the things. Now, I've tried to talk him out of this a little bit for what it's worth. Because I think, like you said, Brace for Impact is just stapled. Like, I've literally got a tattoo on my butt of Brace for Impact. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, and the fact that it's on of my butt is would. also kind of hilarious. I mean, you've played so many Wizards, of course you would. Right, exactly. But no, I didn't actually get that tattoo. But <laughs> <laughs> How funny would that be, though? <laughs> I mean, maybe one day. But Please, for the memes. Hey, for a thousand Patreons, right? Oh my gosh, look. If, if, I mean, if I got... If if I get a hundred patrons in a in the next month, yeah, I might I might go get a, a tattoo that says Brace. You for heard impact. it here first. Yeah, I, might I will it. hold him to this. I am the devil on his shoulder that tells him to yeah. do the things that he said he was going to do. It will not be on my butt though, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, because how can you prove that on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can, but you know, then that would have to subscribe to OnlyFans, and we're just down a deep dark <laughs> rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but no sir, yeah a hundred new patrons i will i will go get a brace for impact tattoo because it just makes sense and I'd, I'd obviously get the the art with the blob because it's the best art yeah but i personally like the rhino one just because i have like a love affair for that model but you know that's fair we have gone off the rails here brian freddie follow me is great but it depends like if you're just saying i want to play follow me to play follow me like I think follow me is very much a card that should have a plan of like exactly yep. I'm going to I'm going to use it like I like how you're saying well if I wake up with a bunch of power it's really good but I think personally the best use for it is saying I'm going to have enough power and then I'm going to follow me into a hulk into red skull into insert other 
big scary model uh, follow mm-hmm. me into you know Orvis, Proxima, then Black Dwarf or Black Swan, something like that sounds nasty. Yeah, and I don't think I've been playing the game long enough and I've gotten that much of a variety in my playstyles to like find a really solid use for it yet. So yeah. like, but I do still think that it's worth bringing because it has completely flipped games in, in my recent past. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But anyways, that's our show questions. That's our show suits. Let us know how we did. Let us know how much you liked Brian Freddy today. Send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And uh, send us messages on Facebook. I love interacting with everybody over there. You can uh, join the Discord by signing up for Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come hang out with the best crew on the internet. It is the chillest, the illest, the realest place I've ever been. I love it. And I just, I, it is the, the little slice of heaven that exists on the internet for me. Yes. It is the reason why Discord stays on my phone, for the record. There you go. So please come check that out if you're interested and know that your contribution does not go to waste. It pays for the hosting, pays for art, pays for all that stuff that we're working on here at the show. And I keep constantly say we, and it's literally me, but you know, I say we because the suits are a group. We're in this together. And I just, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate uh, your if you're a patron, that contribution, but just, if you just give the time to listen, I appreciate that so much, you don't even honestly know. It is the world to me, it's everything, and and I constantly want to be the best version of myself, of this podcast, for those that give me their time, so if I'm ever letting you down in that way, do not hesitate to let me know, let me know what I can do better, let me know how to make this a better experience for those of you out there listening. And yeah, also finally check out battlekiwi.com. You can get 10% off your first order with them. They are awesome. The battle box, highly recommend. Use the code PARTYKIWI and uh, yeah, do it. It's wonderful. You will not regret the decision of your battle box, I promise. Last thing I'm going to yeah, mention. I can definitely attest to that. It has been one of the best purchases I've ever made for this game. There you go. There you go. So uh, last thing I'm going to mention is I'm going to be doing a giveaway for uh, members of the Discord only. It is going to be a giveaway for Cosmic Ghost Rider. And he doesn't come out until July, apparently, because we live in a crazy world where this other thing comes out in June. Who knows what that is? Wink, wink. Literally, what is Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, I might shatter this point or something. But... uh, you can come and hang out with us in the Discord and be entered into that giveaway. So, uh, yeah, it's be just a way to give back to the patrons there for that one. And then after that, we will be doing another open giveaway to everyone. So stay tuned there. And uh, I think I've said all the stuff I need to say. I think. Yeah. Yeah. With that, party on, Brian Freddy. Party on, Will. And power down, suits. <laughs>